It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. When it fits into your overall financial plan, including tax plan, doing a Roth conversion can make a lot of sense to position you uh, and more of your retirement dollars in an account that will grow tax-free for their future. Is it possible to do too much in a Roth conversion? We're answering that question and more coming up on this hour. You know, before we record every show, Kevin slurps his coffee. I just want any any Kevin Corhorn fans out there, I want you to know he's a coffee slurper. He is. He's even proud of it, I he think. He is. And and so just anyway. No, I have sensory issues, and I can't stand it when other people do. And I actually, when I hear myself in the microphone doing it, I cringe. Um, <laughs> so do we. Yeah. All right. If you have questions for the program, we're, we're, this this entire show is questions hitting uh, starting with a great one from from a fan of the show. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. Submit questions right there. Most questions come through the YouTube channel and, and social media. So wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. It is tax planning time. It's not, it's not tax preparation time. Tax preparation and planning, those are two different things. And so the office is is buzzing. I mean, we're we're hustling. It, it's a lot of fun. And and it's through tax planning that we'll kick off this this question. <laughs> Was that a question? Well, no, I'm not just yeah. So so tax planning essentially is is different than tax preparation. Tax planning is all about doing two things. One, Avoiding surprises. No one likes a tax surprise. My goodness, it's the worst type of surprise, really. Uh, but then it's identifying tax plan, identifying opportunities, opportunities mm-hmm. for you to pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime, and through the entire financial planning process, determining which of those good ideas to improve your tax picture are ones that are great and ones you should implement. That's exactly right. And if there was ever an area that you should not put on autopilot in your financial life, it is your tax picture because it's constantly changing, right? Uh, I I was actually just having a conversation this week with a client. We were doing our typical fall tax planning, running a tax projection. And boy, we've, we've run this same tax projection for several years. We were testing how much to convert uh, from their IRA to the Roth IRA, kind of a topic for today. But um, the answer has been roughly the same for several years until this year. Some things have changed. Um, they're going to start using uh, qualified charitable distributions. Like all of a sudden, some new strategies open up and the answers change. And yeah. the, the best maneuver is different this year compared to the several years before. So if they were just stuck in a rut, then they'd be missing some opportunities. So yeah, every year, this should be part of the normal rhythms of your financial life that you are updating a tax projection with your certified financial planner. Yeah, one of, one of my favorite questions to ask a new prospective client is who helps you with your tax planning? And oftentimes they look and um, they look at me and then they look at me kind of strange, which I'm used to. Um, <laughs> but th- then they look at me again and, and they say, well, we don't really have tax planning. Um, and the m- most interesting thing is when someone prepares their own tax return, because yeah. then mm-hmm. then they say, uh, well, you know, I prepare my return. And it's 
it's very it's it's very interesting how this subject is is used because Josh, you're talking about your own situation changing, which is why you need to cont- continuously update it. Well, it's not just your own situation; mm-hmm. it's the tax laws that keep changing. My yeah. goodness! Yeah. And, and um, you know, w- we had our in- entire advisor force together in a room, and it's kind of fun when we um, talk about certain subject matter, especially taxes and and um, how do you when when are you supposed to take money out of a inherited IRA things like this and a, a room full of advisors can't land on the same answer yeah because yeah, the rules keep changing right and, the, and it's unclear yeah and so tax planning I want you to think in terms of playing chess not checkers so checkers is okay there's one there's a there's a simple move I just need to pick my next move um, chess is okay I need to look not only at this year, but what are the things that I do this year that are going to lock me in to other decisions for future years that I'm either going to be really uh, excited about those decisions or I'm going to regret that I've made those decisions. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I'm sitting here thinking, man, the, the best tax maneuvers, just like all maneuvers in your financial life, are the ones that leave you with options or flexibility down the road because... As you said, Kevin, the tax laws are constantly changing. Mike and I were actually at a continuing education event in Chicago recently, and a world-class speaker was just kind of ranting a little bit and explaining why do the tax laws change so often. And it had never really occurred to me until he, he pointed out it only takes a simple majority in Congress in order to change tax laws. You don't have to have you know, an overwhelming majority or a super majority or anything like that. It's, it, it can be just one extra vote that can swing the tax laws from one regime to the next. And so if it's so easy to be um, changing the, the, the rule book, so to speak, when it comes to your taxes, then you just have to expect that it's going to be constantly shifting. The landscape's going to be different. And so tax planning, it, again, not, not to beat a dead horse here, but it has to be one of the regular disciplines that you engage in. And that's why it's one of the six areas of your financial life. And they're, they're not independent. They're all connected together. So here's what we're kicking off the show with after that banter here. You would never do a Roth conversion if you weren't planning for your taxes. Because it's never just going to automatically happen in, in just your regular, you know, working through your life. So so a Roth conversion is a type of proactive thinking ahead, thinking about my future tax move. So here's the question. Dan sent in and he asked, I, I was wondering about the benefits of doing a Roth conversion from my IRA all at once instead of just doing a limited amount each year. I can understand the tax ramifications. I get it. But let's say I convert all $500,000 of my IRA. What are the benefits of doing that? Right now, what I'm doing is I'm converting 65 grand a year, which keeps me just below the IRMA. We can explain that, the IRMA limit. I'm 68 and I'm retired. So it leads to this question, well, is there, is there such thing as you know too much Roth conversion or too little? I was having a conversation with one of our all-star CFPs earlier this week, and she didn't know this was the question we were gonna tackle on this week's show, but, but she said the same thing. Hey, I'm meeting with some folks later today, and we, we ran the numbers on doing a Roth conversion up to this limit. And then they said, well, should, should we do more? What would it look like if we did more? And then once you do more, you sort of, well, what's it look like to do even more? Mm-hmm. Do you just rip the Band-Aid off? Yeah. So this, this is a show about financial planning. And there are six formal areas of financial planning. 
and this this hits almost all of them. For sure. Oh yeah. But yep. for sure, this is a this is when we look at tax planning, specifically the the Roth IRA and Dan's question. What he's asking is if if a little bit is good is a lot better. Mm-hmm. And you know, I learned a long time ago related to cookies and donuts <laughs> and stuff like that. The answer is a resounding yes. Um, <laughs> but but you you can you can box yourself out of certain benefits uh-huh. or put yourself on a certain trajectory that you may or may not like and uh, also that your heirs may or may not like. I mean, mm-hmm. this is where you say, well, it's tax planning. Well, it's also an estate planning question. Oh, absolutely. And there's, there's a number of other... Well, so so what is a Roth conversion? Let's just start there for, for folks that are, are wanting to catch up. So there are two ways to get money into a Roth IRA. One is to be able to contribute. And if I'm contributing, I've got a, I can do $6,500 a year. If I'm 50 plus, I can do another thousand in a catch up. So I can do $7,500 a year into a Roth IRA. Now, right at currently, those that there's a phase out on that. If I make between 218 and 228, I can't contribute to a Roth IRA. Married, finally, and jointly. Married, finally, and jointly. So if I make too much money, I can't contribute. So that's the first way to get money in. The other way to get money in is to convert. And this is the tax planning that Mike's talking about, is if I'm converting, I'm declaring there's money over here that I've not paid taxes on. In an IRA. In an IRA that I'm going to pull into this tax year and pay taxes on it. I'm going to take it from my traditional IRA, let's call it, and I'm going to convert it to my Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, the tax liability is due for that tax year. Okay, so that's the Roth conversion. You can do it in a 401k as well, in plan conversion, so on. There's a couple other kind of nuances we'll explain. And then, well, what are the ramifications? What are the pros? What are the cons? And should you do a lot of this? We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Is there such thing as doing too much in Roth conversions? I think so. But what are the pros and cons? We're talking about that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast, wherever you listen. Search the Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it there. Follow us there. Rate the program there. We appreciate it. Tackling a question from a fan of the show, Dan. And essentially wondering about, I, I've been doing a just Roth conversion of about 65 grand a year, gets me up to the the income related monthly adjustment about limit, the IRMA limit. Should I just rip the bayonet off and in one year do a Roth conversion of my entire IRA, which he says is a half million bucks. So uh, so, so yeah, let's let's keep getting into sort of the, the, the base and yeah, then we'll build I, on I that. I feel like we get some version of this question all the time. And in fact, I'm remembering uh, a lot of the questions show up in our retirement class that we've taught where People are learning about what a Roth IRA or Roth contribution is versus a Roth conversion, which Kevin just unpacked for us in the last segment. But um, they they hear you say there's a limit to how much you can contribute, sixty five hundred dollars, unless you're over age sixty five, then you get an extra thousand bucks. But what is the limit on how much you're allowed to do in a Roth conversion? And um, my answer is always 
Well, it depends on how much pain you're willing to take, <laughs> right? Because this is creating a taxable event. You know, it's a proactive move that you don't have to make. You know, you could keep the existing dollars in your uh, traditional retirement account, whether that's an IRA or your 401k at work, and you can just keep postponing the tax bill on that. But if you're considering doing a Roth conversion, you're basically saying, well, I, I'd rather pay the tax now instead of paying it down the road when I'm in retirement, right? It, it's just a timing issue. Mm -hmm. But it should also be a question of magnitude. Like, can I get a better deal on that tax bill today than I do out there in, in the future? And, uh, you know, in, in Dan's case here, uh, he mentions an important phrase that gives us some clues as to what stage of life he's in. He's over age 65, and we know that because he's caring about or he's mentioning the amount he's going to end up paying in Medicare Part B premiums and Part D premiums. And we've done shows on this uh, in the past as, as well, recent past. Um, but, but we basically point out that when your income goes too high, the government, because they're doing essentially means testing on your Part B premium amounts, you're going to pay more in premiums because your income crossed certain thresholds. And a Roth conversion is one of those events or one of those activities that can create more income and push you higher, essentially. So you got to look at it this way. If you're doing a Roth conversion, I, I guess here are some of the stages. You Doing a Roth conversion into if you're already in the 12% tax bracket and you're comfortable and we feel like, yeah, that's probably a good deal. Uh, at some point, these dollars are going to have to come out of this pre-tax account and I'm going to have to pay tax on them or my, my beneficiaries will. Yeah, I think right now at 12%, let's do it. So well, you could fill up the 12% tax bracket. And, and you should be considering that. I think everyone yeah. should be looking at that because if you're just a student of history and you recognize, boy, for a long, long time, there was no such thing as a 12% bracket. This is a really low rate to pay taxes at by historical standards. So why not pay as much um, pay tax on as much of your income as possible in that lower tax bracket. 12% for a lot of people is almost a no-brainer. So then you go to, well, no, I'm in the 22%. Or if you say, well, should I convert into the 22%, you then have that same discussion with yourself or ideally with your CFP that's doing tax planning. Well, is 22%? Yeah. A good tax rate to pay ta tax on this money? And I agree with you, Josh. The 12% could be a no-brainer, depending on how much you have in your IRA. One of the things that you might be looking at is, hey, I'm not paying tax on any of my Social Security. And if I do this, I don't get I don't get all of that salary cap room yep. to fill up the 12% tax bracket because my Social Security is going to enter the picture. I'm going to pay tax on all of that. So you do want to understand the, these this is a these are simple ideas but they're somewhat complex in the execution of them and there are some uh, can be some nasty surprises if you don't know what you're looking at. That's exactly right. It is definitely a minefield and and that's why we would always say if if we haven't made this point clear yet in today's show you wouldn't make this decision to do a Roth conversion without looking at a tax projection. Don't just blindly charge forward and hear three knuckleheads on the radio say how awesome it is to convert money from an IRA to a Roth and say, well, then that must be for me because there can be some gotchas here. And Kevin just mentioned a, a classic one for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's because that's not the end of the world to pay tax on your social, social security. 
And it's it's always interesting to me when I'm meeting with a client and they say, well, you know, I'm going to I'm giving I'm not drawing Social Security right now because I'm just going to give it all back in taxes. Well, you won't give it all back in taxes. You will pay tax in the worst case scenario on 85 cents of every dollar that you receive. But you'll pay tax on that. So you might say, well, of every dollar of Social Security I receive, worst case scenario, I'm giving back 40 cents. But that's not a hundred cents. And more commonly, if 85 cents of each dollar you got from social security is counted as income, you might be paying 10% or 12% of that to the federal government, maybe 22, not all of it though. But so, so here's the question. I'll continue here. So, so if you thought 12% was a decent rate to pay tax out, okay, 22%, that also historically is pretty low. Mm -hmm. Well, gosh, what if I blow through that? If you blow through that, and you're age 65 or older, you're likely then blowing through that first IRMA threshold and that income-related monthly adjustment amount. And so this is for 2023. We're not talking 2024, but similar. So if your income as married filing jointly is is below 194000 then you're going to pay the base rate for Medicare Part B, and there will be no sur- surcharge on your Part D as well. And that base rate for 2023, $164.90. But if you blow through that because you say, yeah, actually, paying, paying tax at the 22% bracket, I want to fill that completely up. In fact, I'm okay going into the next bracket because the next bracket's just 24%. The fourth tier, the fourth tax tier is 24%. If tax laws sunset, the third tier will be 25%. So this looks appealing, Mm -hmm. but you've just got to calculate then what will this income-related monthly adjustment amount be? Because if you go up, if your income goes above 194 but stays below 264, then you're paying 230. 246, actually. In 2023? I think so. Okay. Okay, so... And, and then it, it, will, it will continue to go higher from there if you go up and these bands are pretty short. The next band is from 246 to 306. So you, again, getting back to, to Dan's question, I mean, if you decide to convert a little bit more than you're into one threshold, if you decide to convert a lot more, you can blow through several thresholds and all of a sudden be paying triple yeah. or so, four times. Yeah, so so the and Mike gave us a bunch of really great numbers. But the idea is, I the base rate is called 164 bucks that I pay for Medicare Part B. That number goes up meaningfully if yeah. I have a high income year. And right. you just need to understand that because it's possible. This is the only number I'd want you to think about. If you're if your income if you're married filing jointly and your income 750 thousand or above, you're gonna pay 560 bucks per person spouse yeah yeah so that's that's where you you look at the super high income earners in retirement they're paying over a thousand bucks a month for medicare for medicare part b so that's not a reason per se for everyone not to do a big big roth conversion but it is definitely part of the conversation and consideration Many people, and I'll tell you, and again, it's not, it's not one size fits all, but many people were looking at doing Roth conversions to fill up a certain tax bracket, certainly 12%, possibly filling up 22%, or maybe just filling up right up into this IRMA threshold, and let's not go over that. Mm-hmm. But then we'll get back to this question here next segment, and that is, 
okay, well, what if you just blow through the stop sign? <laughs> what, if, what if you just say, hey, I'm just going to go all in in one year and just rip the Band-Aid off? I have a few experiences from clients that have done it. Now, you, you, you can tell in hindsight, oh, wow, yeah, that, that was a pretty good move. Uh, we just don't know what the future holds. But mm-hmm. what are those pros and cons? Because one of the biggies is, well, how are you going to pay the tax and where will that money come from? And that means you're going to pay tax on a lot of money and less of that money is going to show up in your Roth IRA to grow tax-free for the future. You've also got to consider future tax years and all of that. So we're going to finally get to answering that question. We've got that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. You don't, if you're going to do a Roth conversion, you don't have to convert the whole thing. You can choose to convert a little bit or up to a certain uh, um, uh, you know, limit so that you don't go into the next tax bracket or whatever. But should you just rip the Band-Aid off? Should you convert the whole thing? We're answering that question right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online wisemoneyshow.com and then all of our social media wherever you're at we are there as well search the wise money show dan asked a question doing roth conversions right now 65 grand a year he's 68 and he's doing 65 grand because it gets him right up to that irma threshold so he's not paying a surcharge on his on his medicare um part part b and part d premiums and um just fyi if you're doing that that surcharge is based on your income from two years ago so you actually don't know exactly what those limits are going to be. But I, I, I do get what you're saying, Dan. Guys, we got to get to the question. We've been dancing around it and just talking about the issues for a while. But his question was, do I just convert the whole thing? Should I just take the, like, swallow the pill? Take, take the full tax pain in one year, convert all half million dollars. What are the pros? What are the cons of doing that? Well, I I think one of the pros of doing any kind of Roth conversion, the whole reason you would do it is because you're paying tax today so that you can avoid a tax out there in the future. And all of the growth that happens from that day moving forward, after the money moves from the IRA to the Roth IRA, inside the Roth IRA, it's growing tax-free. And how, how awesome is it to do a Roth conversion when the markets are down? You know, if we're in a bear market, the, the market is temporarily depressed. If you convert money over into a Roth IRA and all that rebounding that historically always follows a dip in the market, the, the whipsaw to the other direction, the, the upswing in the market, if that was tax-free for you, yeah. how powerful is that, yeah. right? So, so clearly there are advantages, and, and it is absolutely something that you should be looking at. And Dan's been doing it for years, it sounds like, 65 grand a year. And it's like, well, do you fast forward that and just wipe out all of his traditional IRAs in one fell swoop? Yes, it does put you into a higher tax bracket. Yes, it puts you into a position where you're going to pay more in Medicare Part B and Part D premiums. But is it worth it? That's his ultimate question here. So when I when I think about planning, this is what I think about. Dan, if you're married right now and you've got a spouse, you've got your your tax rates, you can have twice as much income at the various tax rates as if, as if you didn't. So if you said either Dan isn't going to live as long or Mrs. Dan isn't going to live as long, it might make sense 
to do that. That's one scenario where it, it makes sense to go all in with your chips. Yeah, so you're, you're talking about a group where either one spouse has something wrong in their health or mm-hmm. a concern on the horizon, or if there's a big gap in ages maybe between mm-hmm. spouses. Yeah. And, and you're basically saying that there's going to come a day at some point where one spouse has passed away, the other one is still living, and is in a different tax status entirely, right? I couldn't have said it any longer. So, <laughs> I th- I, I, <laughs> no, just, just, just kidding. No, but it, it, so this is these are because these are different scenarios. I because I think about the benefits, and I when when Mike asks the question, what are the benefits? I st- struggle a little bit to come up with the benefits because the benefits are only it's predictive. Like it can, it, will I be? What will I have a benefit? Yes, if I'm right that. Both of us aren't going to live as long as we hope to. Or I like your idea, Josh, that I've got a meaningful age difference. So likely there's going to be something there, actuarial. Uh, the the other question um, is, what if I wanted to go all in with all my IRA dollars and convert them? Because I'm betting that in the future, tax rates are going to go up. So, so mm-hmm. here we go. So we got three reasons why. One, market appreciation out there in the future. And I, back when they lift, they used to, there used to be a ceiling on how much Roth conversion you could do. And they lifted that ceiling after 08 and, and they allowed you to convert and then spread that taxable income over two years. And I was meeting with some, some clients, they've since moved, and it, we had this exact discussion that Dan's asking about. And that is, well, all right, I should probably do a Roth conversion. Let's, what would it look like to do 100, 100,000? And then, okay, well, then what would it look like to do 250? And then the next meeting, it was like, what if we did half of the IRA, which was a million bucks? And then it was, what if we just did all of it? <laughs> he did. He, he, the whole million? He did the whole million. Could you imagine converting a million bucks in 2010, 2000, late 2009? Just as we're starting a long bull market What run. would that be worth today, all of that growth tax-free? He was right. We had no idea. We, the, the, the economy, the world was on the brink. Yeah. And yet, that was an enormous benefit that he, he received. That second one is if you are suddenly single, your tax bracket shrink, and you get to a higher tax rate much faster, and therefore, that'd be a benefit of doing this now if you're married, or if you have a shorter life expectancy than, than what you were hoping or whatever, and now your kids inherit a lot of this money and they have to pay a higher tax. So that's the second benefit or second reason why. And then third is what if tax rates go up in the future? Or my common argument to that is what if tax rates don't go up that much, but they continue to create new taxes? Well, that, that'd be the third reason. And at 68, Dan, you're still young. Yeah. So I think all of those benefits, even if we see a drop in the market before we see an acceleration over the next two decades, there's never been a time over two decades where the stock market hasn't been higher. You know, I would also point out that a, a Roth conversion is very much a multi-generational type of strategy. You're, you're mm-hmm. thinking about more than just your tax picture, because as you pointed out, if you're going to leave some extra dollars behind, leaving mm-hmm. behind Roth dollars is extra powerful for the next generation. But I'm also thinking about the generation before you. Do you know, is there some sort of possibility that you could be inheriting additional dollars at some point that still have an IOU to the government attached to them? And so if you could be diffusing some of your own tax 
um, IOU, essentially, in anticipation of receiving an inheritance, yeah. maybe you're keeping yourself in a more flexible, nimble position as that inheritance comes someday. Yeah, I like I like where you're going, Josh. I was thinking of it f- from a different direction. So you're saying if I've got money from the generation above me that might be coming down to my generation, let me make some room for those eventual mm-hmm. dollars. The other thing, and again, it, all this stuff has to be predictive, as we said, because if if um, if the generation above me ends up somehow spending through all those dollars, then I made room for nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, the <laughs> other th- the the other issue is if I look and I've got two children and they both have incomes that are considerably higher than what mine is, uh, and so their tax rates are are much higher than mine. Uh, then, then that starts to make some sense because the question is: Okay, of with these dollars, who's going to pay the tax on these dollars? And the kiddos aren't going to have the time. The, the kids used to have the luxury of time. Whether the, the the beneficiary was the kids or the grandkids, they had the luxury of time to pay tax on those dollars over their lifetime. Now they've got ten years. Yeah, I mean the stretch IRA rule is going away, and now the ten year rule. That's another reason to do it. Reasons why not is Irma. You will you're if you if you convert a half million, you're going to be paying that top tier, Irma. So that's going to be three times or almost four what it would otherwise be for, both for you and your spouse. So that's where being married is going to, is going to hurt you. That's one. Two. We're going to come up with the money to pay the tax. At 68, you could and you'll probably need to withhold taxes on that money. So a half million comes out of your IRA, but probably only 320 lands in your Roth. And so just to get back to sort of equilibrium, that money has got to grow 40%, 50%, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that'd be the second kind of drawback or, or significant um, disadvantage. There's another one that doesn't necessarily apply to Dan because he's into retirement, it sounds like. But if you were in the college years with your kids and maybe you're on the brink of getting some financial aid um, available to you or not, Part of the calculation that goes into determining what is your family's expected contribution to the college bills and everything, it's based on what are your assets, but also what is your income. Mm. And if you go artificially create some extra income by doing this Roth conversion in the wrong years, you may be moving yourself away from being eligible for some of that need-based financial aid. And you also limit your choices. Because if you there are things that you can do with traditional IRA money that's never been taxed that you can't do if you don't have any. Yeah, that yeah. that's where I was going to go and 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 so we yeah, you lose some of the ability to capture and collect receive a benefit for standard deductions or QCDs or some other thing. So, all right, we've got more coming up on the Wise Money show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode, as well as a lot of other content, is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, and uh, and subscribe to it. Turn on notifications as well, so you're going to aware every time we drop new content. We're talking about a fan of the show that uh, that had mentioned to Kevin that um, one of the shows they had learned something that was that they then shared around the office and whatnot and you can easily do that with YouTube with with YouTube shows and so go to YouTube search the wise money show subscribe to it there guys 
That might be a record. I'm going to say 30 minutes. We haven't answered the question. There's a few more questions here about Roth conversions from fans of the show. So I want to get to those. But just just quickly, is that a, oh, yeah, I would I would definitely, I wouldn't even hesitate to convert a half million bucks. Or, n- n- no, you've got to look at a actual tax plan first. Okay, so if you want to do the Ready, Fire, Aim program and give me limited fact pattern to be able to make a decision, here's what I'd say. Hey, Dan, it seems like what you got going makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I would have to have a, something that's very meaningful to convince me to go all in with your half million dollars. So based on what I know now, I'd say, Dan, it looks like it probably makes sense to continue doing what you're doing. But I would want to see all the things. Work with a financial planner. Make sure they're certified. We've we've got financial planners on our team here that that work with these issues all day, every day. I, to, yeah. I mean, you've, you've got to do a multi-year tax projection first. Just knowing how much is in your IRA doesn't give the full, complete story of the rest of your assets and your financial picture. Because if, if these are all of the taxable dollars that you have, you don't have any, you know, interest income, dividend, capital gain, anything like that, this is it. And you go all in, you've overconverted because you'll, you're not going to use your standard deduction each year. We don't know whether you're charitable or not. So you, you wouldn't do QCDs and you'd bring your RMD to zero, which might feel great, but technically your RMD, if you're married could be 12 to 15 grand, and really have you not paying any tax at all any given year. Yeah. So it's very possible that do overdoing it. Now, if one of you pass away next year or you both pass away or something like that, that certainly could, could you know, I, oh, gosh, we should have done that. But I, I would, I, I like the idea of continuing on the plan that you're on. I would do a multi-year tax projection, projecting out your tax picture over the next seven to 10 years. I would need to see that in order to convince me to go all in. Yeah, but I'm glad that you mentioned qualified charitable distributions, those QCDs that you referenced a couple times there, Mike, because that to me is one of the classic examples of when I look back on clients who have converted every every dollar from an IRA to a Roth IRA, and then all of a sudden Congress comes out with this new law, this new idea that says if you are charitably inclined and you want to take money from an IRA and send it straight to the charity they'll let you do it without even counting that as income on your tax return at all. Normally, you have to receive your income, add it to your tax return, and then make your charitable contribution. That's how the laws have always been, right? And um, unfortunately, um, now there's, or I guess I should say fortunately, there's now a way that you can send it straight from the IRA to that charity and not count it as income. Well, if, if you don't have any traditional IRAs, then that strategy is gone for you, yep. right? If you've already converted every single dollar. Now, that's not a reason to just suddenly become charitably inclined if you weren't already. But many, many of our clients, they've been in the pattern of giving to their local church or to a, a local school or, or something like that, a, an organization that they just believe in the mission. And they will continue to do so long into retirement as well. Having this carrot out there, the ability to give IRA dollars that have never been taxed during their lifetime and give it straight to the charity without it being taxed to you, without it being even counted as income, 
is a pretty amazing deal. And no one would have known 10 years ago that that was even going to be a possibility. Yeah. And so those who kept some money in IRAs, some in Roth, had flexibility. Yep. That's so right. That, that to me is one reason I, I hesitate to go 100% all in and take such major lumps on um, the, these IRMA rates as Dan was considering. Yeah. All right, we're going to pivot in and include another question here, and, and it's on the same theme, but gosh, is there a lot to it. This individual sent in a question, already did a Roth conversion within my 401k, an in-plane Roth conversion in August of this year. Now my question is, will I have to pay income tax on the whole amount that I converted? I make, my income is 150 grand, I converted 150 grand, from my traditional 401k to my Roth 401k. So will my taxes, will my income be 300,000 this year? And if I did this Roth conversion in August, can I pay an, a tax estimate uh, by April? We've got several issues here, not enough time. I mean, the, the very quick answer is, yeah, you gotta pay tax on that entire converted amount this year. So if you're, if you're making 150 grand and you converted 150 grand, your income that year is, is 300,000 and then minus deductions and, and, and whatnot. And because you did that Roth conversion in August, te technically you needed to pay a tax estimate by September 15th. Yeah. Otherwise that tax estimate's late. Now that tax estimate now will definitely be late is that the end of the world? No, but just expect there's probably going to be a little penalty on on your return. Not an enormous one, but something to be aware of. Well, and, and this is where you want to make sure you're working with your certified financial planner because you, you might be in a position where you don't have to pay in a whole lot more in order to get uh, into what I would say the penalty-free zone. And there are, there are several different ways that you can pay in. You can pay in via estimates. You can pay in via withholdings. You might yep. be able to adjust your withholdings at work and get yourself into the safe harbor where you're not going to get those teeth that Mike is talking about. Yeah. And there's some other creative strategies as well with the 60-day rollover, although yes. you got to be aware you can only do one of those every 12 months. But that would be a way to reposition your payment into the IRS as a withholding, which can happen at any point during the year, instead mm -hmm. of an estimate, which has to happen in these weird quarters that aren't really quarters, and be in line with when the income was achieved. Well, Mike, you said uh, in the last segment that one of the considerations when you're considering doing a, a Roth conversion of any kind is how am I going to pay the tax? Yeah. And so you want to have that game plan in place before you pull the trigger on such a big maneuver um, because you want to make sure that you have the cash on hand to be able to pay those taxes out of pocket if you're under age 59 and a half, preferably. That way you're not you're, you're avoiding any kind of 10% penalties or, or anything like that on tax withholdings on, on the transaction. So Make sure that before you, you do this, if, if you're listening today and you're considering, yeah, I, I've thought about doing that exact same thing. Make sure that you're first having a conversation with your certified financial planner to measure twice, cut once, as the carpenters say. Well, that's where I, I would, we started the show talking about the benefits and, and the reasons why you need to be doing 
a tax planning, proactively taking a look at this instead of the, well, not even measure, cut, and then, oh, wait, did I cut the right amount? <laughs> it sort of thing. And, and not that anyone would do that with their finances, but, well, how do you, how do you measure here? Well, it's tax planning. Well, okay, well, that sounds a little uh, opaque. What, what do you mean by that? Well, doing a mock tax return. That's what we call a tax projection. Doing a mock tax return. Okay, so how much income? I, I earned 150, and how much withholdings on that? How much interest income? What are some of the other sources of income? Okay, now if we plop an extra $150,000 of income on that tax return, what will it look like? And because that's going to put your income at a point where you will probably have to pay some net investment income tax, some additional Medicare tax, possibly. Again, not that you shouldn't have done it, but looking and, and being able to see, okay, well, what is that impact? Is this the result that I want? Yep. And if it is, fantastic. Um, but then the extra tax, what are the ways to cover it? How can I avoid tax penalties? Would I need to be prepared to pay when I file my taxes in March? If I've got a lot of moving pieces and I extend my taxes in April, how much should I pay at that time so that I don't have a late payment penalty? There's just a lot to consider. And all of that is considered when you're doing tax planning mm -hmm. with your certified financial planner. So Roth conversion, fantastic strategy. You've got to do that tax projection. You've got to look at all six areas of your financial life to determine when's the right time to do it how much to do it, and how do you manage the taxes. All right. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Guys, we couldn't do it. We, we couldn't. <laughs> Stick it, to three. It's 30, it's 30 minutes, and we haven't answered the question. So we are. We have. I, th I think that question just got on. answered in segment number three there, Mike. Yeah. So were you? Was it? Yeah, yes. Hey, you're gonna have to listen to the show. You'll love it. <laughs> securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA/SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.